Hey guys, what's going on? This is Trey Llewellyn, ready to rock and roll another Commerce Kings. It's going to be amazing. We have the one and only Drew on the call today, and it's, I'm going to make sure I get it right. It's from, it's fit to fat to fit. Correct. You did right? Good job, man. <laughs> fit to fat to fit. And so basically it's with the twos in the middle, not T-W-O. So yeah. basically, short, I'll, I'll give you the short story that I know. Drew finished fit as hell, got fat on purpose, and then got skinny again and got fit, fit again. In like a month, no, not a month, probably like a year. Six months of gaining, six months of losing. So pretty Six close. months of gaining. I'm surprised. You know, that's an interesting fact because it took you the same amount of time to lose that you took to gain it. Yeah. And that's, that's scary because we, we I, like myself, dude, I think I gained for two years. <laughs> and I'm serious. And I've been working my damn ass off to lose it all again and it's not easy like it is a mental level and it's a physical level and it's just everything but anyways i'm not here to tell my story i'm here, I'm here to listen to what you got going on so dude why in the hell so okay first off story yeah. about drew is i'm on my i'm on my facebook page uh just chilling out and you know scrolling like we all do on the toilet and I'm, I'm ch so I was watching you while I was taking a, no, I'm just joking. So basically, I don't even know where it was, maybe at the office. And here's, here's this guy, uh, and you're, you're, you're kind of large. How, how, how much did you weigh at that point? 265, 267. 265. You look, by the way, I thought you were actually Adam Sandler. When I scrolled really? by. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's Adam Sandler. And I was like, man, he gained some weight. And so, and I was like, oh, no, it's not Adam Sandler. It's some other guy. And you're on the Jay Leno show. I was like, oh, what's, like, I clicked it. And I sent it, actually sent it to my trainer, my coach, because I was like, look at this guy. Like, he's got, he got fat, and now he's getting skinny or something. And I just gave you precedence. Like, I gave you authority because here you are on Jay Leno, of all things, and, like, they're interviewing you. And it wasn't a freaking month later. I'm in the, I'm in the Utah South, whatever, where were we? The Utah. Boise, no, right? we're Boise. Oh, Salt Lake. Oh, you saw me at the airport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're at Salt Lake. And I'm sitting in this, I'm sitting in the chair right, getting ready to go to Boise. And you're like in this black, like buffed out freaking shirt. And you're just like standing on a pillar. You like, you like, what you do is you like, you pose, you like pose up or something. I'm like, oh. I'm always flexing. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. I was like, damn, I need to flex like that. And so I was like, man, he looks really familiar. And that's all that went through my mind. That's pretty much it. I left it at that. I was like, that guy kind of looks familiar. Maybe I don't know him. Maybe I do. And then we were at dinner, happened to be at the same dinner table that night. We went to this Boise thing, this big launch, and we're sitting at dinner. And I just, I don't even know how I overheard you or you said something. You're like, yeah, I got really big. I got really fat. And then I lost those weight. And something just like clicked in my head. And I was like eating steak on a hot rock at that time. This rock like was 200 degrees Fahrenheit. And I literally just like dropped on myself. I was like, that's who you are. I was like, I knew, I knew you. I knew I knew you. And so it was amazing how I knew that. And so that's how I met Drew. And now, now here we're at on Congress Kings because I was like, I need an interview. So first off, why in the hell did you get fat? That's a great, uh, first of all, that's a great introduction. That was a great story. Very compelling. Um, so why did I get fat? There was, there was three main reasons. The first was for me growing up my entire life in shape. So there was 11 brothers and sisters in my family. We all played sports. I played football and wrestling. From a very young age. And so I never knew what it was like to be overweight. And so when I started training people in 2009, I'm like, okay, why is it so hard for you guys just to follow the meal plans and the workouts that I'm giving you? You keep giving me excuses like, oh, you know, I, I tried to follow meal plans, but I, gave, I 
gave in, had soda, or I skipped the gym, I didn't go to the gym, like, why don't you just do it? Like, it's easy for me, why isn't it easy for you? And there's a disconnect, like, there's a, a, a clear disconnect there, where um, they would tell me, you know, Drew, you don't understand. You don't understand because for you it's always been easy. And I kind of took that to heart. And so even me as a trainer who, you know, let's be honest, a lot of trainers are egotistical and kind of think they know it all. That was me. And I'm like, okay, well, let me take a step back and, and maybe there's something I need to learn as a trainer. So I decided I was thinking of ideas and the idea of getting fat on purpose, as crazy as that sounds, made sense in my mind. Like it felt like a calling. I'm not sure if you ever felt like, okay, this is my calling in life or you know, like something clicks in your brain. That was that moment. And I was like, okay, I, I think I'm really going to do this. And so that was the main reason was to gain a better understanding, gain empathy, respect for my clients so that I could better relate to them and they could better relate to me. And I even Googled to see if anyone had done this before on purpose and no one had. And so I'm like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> That's amazing. What, what year did you do that? 2011 is when I started. 2011. So that was after uh, the Big Mac dude. The dude who like ate McDonald's for 60 days. Super size me. More Super size me. Yeah. You should have trained that guy. <laughs> like, I know how to break it down. I think a few years earlier. Um, so yeah, mine was, mine was a little bit different twist though than his. His was 30 days. Mine was months. <laughs> well, well, it takes months. Yeah. Like the P90X stuff that you see like got ripped in 90 days. I think yeah. 90 days is not the same 90 days that you and I are used to. No, it's a different, it's like a 48 hour clock instead of a 24 hour clock or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Cause I tried, you know, it took me three P90Xs to get to that. And I was like, well, I don't know. So, so, okay. So you got, so you're like, I want to gain a better purpose. So you had this idea, but then how did you figure out how much weight you wanted to gain? And then like you're training people, but you're getting fat. So they're like, you're, you're getting fat and you're training me. Like this doesn't make sense. Talk, talk Actually, to me about that. Yeah, that's a great question because I actually had a full-time job in the medical field and I was personal training part-time. So I actually decided to quit training clients because I knew for me being in the gym as a fat trainer would have been really hard for me. <laughs> uh, and so I decided not to train any clients and continue with my medical job and in, in the full-time doing that, that job. So um, that's, that's how I was able to do it. Um, you know, without being tempted to be in the gym and train my clients. So yeah. And so you're doing that, but wasn't you like your friends, like Drew, you're kind of getting a little like overweight? Well, I made an announcement. I, I posted it on social media. Back then, Facebook was the only thing that was big, right? There was no, I mean, Twitter was kind of like getting big, but Instagram really wasn't around. So Facebook was just, I was telling my friends, hey, I'm going to do this. Here's my website. I learned how to create a YouTube channel, uh, launched my website through Squarespace and just kind of ran with it, just kind of, you know, um, shooting from the hip a little bit. I didn't really have this grand marketing strategy to get on the Jay Leno show. It was all organic and it went viral because basically in the beginning it was just friends and family. Like, oh, that's cute. Drew's getting fat on purpose. Oh, this is <laughs> <laughs> and, but, it, but don't get me wrong, man. It was fun. It was fun for the first little bit to let myself go because I used to be really strict. And to let myself go was kind of the sense of freedom, if you will, where I could go to the grocery store, go straight to the cereal aisle, the cookie aisle, the candy aisle, and get whatever I want <laughs> And that lasted for about a month. <laughs> and then, uh, then they started snoring in the night, uh, which affected my sleep, which affected my mood, which affected my energy levels, which affected my personality, which affected my marriage and other relationships. And so it's crazy how the snowball effect happened from just this type of um, this lifestyle I was living. And so that sense of freedom that I had started to go away really quickly. That's amazing. So, yeah. so you, were, you were married. And so how, how, how the... 
Like, was she like, um, I don't know if we should be doing this because you're not the guy I remember in the pictures. Like, I'm sure she's going back to Facebook. Like, you should look <laughs> The interesting yeah. thing with, with the marriage at that time was she actually didn't care about what I looked like. It was more so my confidence. So there, sure. in my opinion, there's nothing sexier than confidence. The problem was that I lost my confidence completely. So I turned into a, a girl like she told me. She's like, you are always complaining about looking fat. Like, does this make me look big? That was me. I turned into that, that guy. <laughs> And I would go out in public and I would want to tell strangers like, Hey, I'm not really overweight. This is just an experiment. Here's my before picture. Go to this website. This is what I normally look like. Cause I freaked out because here's the thing. When you're, when you grew up your entire life in shape, part of your identity is based on what your body looks like. And the opposite of that is true as well. Yeah. And so when I lost my six pack of my muscles, I didn't know who I was. So I wanted to tell strangers that I'm not really this overweight person so it really kind of uh, did a number on me on the mental and emotional side. It messed with me, my confidence, my self-esteem. You know, the lights were off in intimate situations, of course. It wasn't like she was unattractive to me because of that. It was more so how I viewed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to see – I didn't want her to see me naked, and I didn't want to see myself naked. So that, that was my issue. It wasn't her issue. She just didn't like the fact that I wasn't as helpful around the house with the kids or had the energy to help out doing dishes and, and laundry and those kinds of things. Cause I really did just want to lay on the couch all day after eating all that junk food. Oh man. So that's all. So that's going down. And then did you have, like, how did you know how much pounds you wanted to gain and like when you wanted to like reverse it? That was the other question. So I kind of spitballed. I thought maybe 50, 60 pounds, you know, 10 pounds a month is pretty average. Um, but I, I obviously overachieved in that area and gained 76. <laughs> so I gained 76 pounds. I told people this is my cutoff date. So no matter how much weight I gain. And here's the thing. I wasn't trying to stuff my face every single meal. Once a week, I would do a man versus food type of food challenge. Um, but other than that, I just ate till I was full. And then when I was hungry, I would eat again. But the problem with eating things like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Mountain Dew and chips and cookies and crackers and Hot Pockets and macaroni and cheese and Top Ramen <clears throat> is it, 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 it's a, a lot of calories, but little nutrients. So it's overfed and undernourished. So after an, an hour of eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch, a huge man-sized bowl, I would be absolutely starving again. So I would have to have Mountain Dew and chips. And then that would last for about an hour or two. And then I would have to eat something else again to kind of replenish those, uh, those, uh, those glucose levels because I would get this huge spike and then the huge crash. And just it creates this vicious cycle. And so I really quickly realized how addictive food can be. Sometimes we brush it under the rug and, and say, oh, food's not addictive because it's legal, it tastes good, and everyone eats it. But it really is. If you look at some scientific studies showing that food is just as addictive as certain drugs, that's what's scary. And even though I did it for six months – it was hard as hell to get off of that food. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So I want to, I want to, I want to hear more like the business side. Yeah. So now, now we got the story in play. Yeah. Now, how, how did, now we got to figure out, okay, <laughs> was it worth it? Right. Yeah. Hey, did it pay off? Because was it your, was it your first goal? Like your first goal was just to gain better knowledge on your clients. Like, okay, you're coming to me with an excuse that you, that you're too fat or you're too lazy. Get it. Guess what? I've been there. I've done it. Here's a picture. And so that was your first acknowledgement. But then I think somewhere down the line, like you drank two Mountain Dews and you had an epiphany and you're like, maybe I can make more money on this. So when, when did that maybe happen? That's a great question. So initially I didn't really have a great like marketing strategy or connections in the beginning. So basically I have a YouTube channel and a website. 
And then I would post on Facebook and YouTube everything that was happening. But uh, what happened was I would reach out to fitness bloggers. I would reach out to okay. you know, radio, local radio stations, local news channels. I, I tried to reach out to the big stations, but unless you have a connection, it's hard to get on. Anyways, um, so I started doing some, some radio shows. Uh, podcasting wasn't really around back then. Um, and then what, what really hit it off was a fitness blogger saw my story on another fitness blog and said, hey, I want to interview you for mine. And she says sometimes Yahoo Shine, which is a subsidiary of Yahoo, picks up my story sometimes. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I did it. It was on Yahoo Shine, which isn't really like, you know, mainstream. Not really many people know that. It doesn't get a lot of views. But then Yahoo.com saw it and the, the reach that it got and said, hey, can we put this on our Yahoo.com, you know, uh, what, what, uh, main page, right, where the news is. So my picture was right there next to Jennifer Aniston and like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> You're like, yes, except I don't. Yeah. Dude, but it was, it was good and bad because I got so much publicity. My, it crashed my website, right? I got calls from every single TV show you can think of. I remember I was in surgery at the time. My phone was off. I turned my phone on and boom, it blew up with text messages. Friends from high school like, dude, I saw you on, on Yahoo.com. That's crazy what you're doing. And then like every TV show, like, hey, this is Dr. Oz, or the producer was like, I want you on our show. And then I learned how competitive that industry is. So if I went on the doctors, I couldn't go on Dr. Oz. If I went on the Today Show, I couldn't go on Good Morning America. So everyone's trying to get me on their show first. Oh, dang. So it was crazy. And so the Jay Leno thing happened, but I couldn't go on um, David Letterman if I did Jay Leno. But I like the producer at Jay Leno, so I went with him. And, um, and then the first show I did was Jay Leno. And that was the one you saw me on. And that one, I was next to Chelsea Handler. Uh, she was sitting next to me. And, um, and then from there, it was Dr. Drew, Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, all these international shows as well. And um, then it went viral. And then I had to pick up the pieces. and like, okay, what do I do now? It was just me and my, my wife at the time. And we just tried to do the best we could um, with, what, with what we had. And so from there, I was making money off uh, Google ads, just like, you know, uh, ads on my website. And that's pretty much it because I still have my job in the medical field. And then uh, a, a book publishing, a very large book publishing uh, firm reached out to me, HarperCollins, and they said, hey, we read your blogs. We want to do a book deal. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is getting serious now. <laughs> so I said, okay, I didn't have that in plan, but I said, let's, let's talk about it. So I decided to pull the trigger with that, quit my job in the medical field, did wrote the book full time, and that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Writing a book for a big publisher like that deadline. Yeah. Um, I basically remember like hiring babysitters for like watching my kids all day long, so I could just sit there and write like all day. Because I had to write it while I was doing it, because they wanted to launch it at the end of my journey. Ah. So it's if anyone's written a book knows like a tight like six month deadline is really really hard to do. Uh, yeah. So, sorry, that was a lot to <laughs> so swallow. How much, so to quit your job, man, how much were you making? Just did, were, you, did, were you making money from Google Ads, or did you actually make money from the Yahoo.com, like when you got on the front page of that? No, it's just from there, it was just exposure from TV shows. And the TV shows, like, you know, they don't pay you to come on the show. They pay for your flight and travel and stuff like that. But I was just, you know, I was making, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks a month on Google Ads before that point. And then, you know, at one point, I think the most I made was, you know, my highest was like $20,000 in one month from Google ads, which is pretty good. You know, I was hitting yeah. 500,000 to a million unique visitors per month at that peak of it. Like when I was on all the TV shows and stuff. Right. But I didn't have any call to action. It was just, Hey, check out my website. You know, uh, yeah. so, um, you needed a marketer call. You'd be like, dude, you're getting a ton of exposure. You have no clue how to sell. And, you, and you'd be like, well, I don't know. Like that'd be interesting. 
to yeah. add, cause I think you'd be like, you know, what? I don't care for you. Like, shut up. And like <laughs> all that money. So yeah. I know exactly how that feels. We've, we've had that. We've been on uh, the front of Yahoo actually. Yeah. And dude, you have had the opportunity in the experience. Cause I can say for myself what it feels like to understand fully of what it feels like of what traffic exists out there because like we'll do Facebook ads and be like, woo, you know, but we're excited like $10 a day, like, Hey, or, you know, on YouTube or Google AdWords or something. But man, when you get on the front page of Yahoo, I'll give you a great example of what that feels like. If you've ever, we, we, we had a private jet two years ago, three years ago. I had a, I had a mastermind client in there. And, uh, and I, I told the pilots cause pilots don't give a shit like what you want to do. Cause I mean, there's no door. You can be like, Hey, take a right turn. I'm like, Woo! and so it don't matter. And so I'm like, we were about to take off. I go, Hey, um, I want you to pretend that we're not here and you fly this plane. Like you would normally fly it. Like, I want you to go real fast. And he goes, are you sure? I go, dude, I'm sure. Like, let's make something happen. And <laughs> We got on the runway. Dude, we were in the air so quick. He, he, he was just like full on. Like, it was like, it was like, oh, like you just, you just are leaning in that chair. You're like, yes, this is amazing. It is so cool. And uh, his name's Jonathan. Jonathan's sitting there in, in the next scene. He goes, he looks over me. He goes, we just went from zero to takeoff in z- one second. Like, that's what it feels like. It's just such of a big inertia. You're just like, go, like you can't handle it. And that I think is the same feeling you get when you're on or, or, you know, have, uh, ads going to the front page of Yahoo because of so like the traffic, it's just so much that's there to get those clicks. And you're saying you're getting 500,000 to a million clicks a month and holy smoke. So any lead capture or anything like that? Or are you just like, any plan in place? Like it was just, it was me and my journey. Like I just wanted to show people what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm very lucky to be where I'm at today. Six years later. Damn, it's been six years. I had nothing in place. I had nothing in place back then. The only thing I had in place was the book launch, which was traditional media, right? So they would, when I launched the book and did the big reveal, I went on Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, and The View as a package deal. And Hmm. from that, got my book into a New York Times bestselling list, which is cool. But when you're in the industry, you realize quickly that doesn't mean a whole lot. (laughs) People are like, oh, you're a New York Times bestseller. You must be a millionaire. It's like, no, that's not, that's not, like, it's cool to have that, that recognition, but it doesn't mean a whole lot other than that. Like, it's cool just to say that just credibility, right? Like being on TV shows. So anyways, um, you know, it wasn't until after that, that I had people come after me and said, Hey, let's monetize this, let's monetize that. Mm. And this is what we get to about maybe some of my, my mistakes, like listening to all my friends, like, Oh, you're a good friend. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, let's, let's do it. You know? And, Boom, went down that road, oh, crashed out, lost a friend. Uh, another issue with like a ghostwriter for the book, like brought in a friend that, you know, that nosedived and, and lost another friend. So I think some of the mistakes along the way were just being too trusting to everybody throwing their ideas out there about how to do it. And I, at the time I didn't have the knowledge. So I'm like, okay, you're smarter than me. I'll go with what you're saying because it makes sense. But in reality, they didn't have my best interest in hand. And so my business went like this for the next few years, up and down, up and down. I was looking, here's the problem. And we'll get to, we'll tie this all in at the end of like the biggest lesson I learned was I was looking for other people 
to provide me with an income that I was trying to make. Um, but I was relying solely on them, other companies, other entities, other people, business partners to do it for me because I didn't know how to do it. And so I, I just kind of rode those waves of ups and downs of, uh, of like just letting friends kind of come in and, and, you know, use their, their relationship with me to, to try and make some money. And I, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't a good situation until just this past year, like the end of the year last year. Yeah, the, yeah the, your one last friend, you're like, you got, it's just you now. <laughs> exactly. So, um, how, did you, how did you get through the waves? Like, how, like why? There are so many skeletons. I talk about the skeletons in the journey of doing whatever, right? Like becoming successful, owning 100 rental homes, like whatever that is. But there's a lot of people who, <laughs> who die, right? And they rot. And that's, they're right there on the path. And you can choose hey, you know what, I'm going to lay down right here next side to you or screw you, I'm going to keep going. So how did, you, how did you not lay down? Like how did you keep, like why? Why did you keep going? Two things. One was I made a commitment to myself that I would never go back to a traditional nine to five job. And so I knew that there was like, you know, like, kind of like the, the burn the boat analogy where these people come to conquer this island and the leader burns the boats and says, we either conquer this island or we die. <laughs> My mentality, like, you know, there's no leaving. You can't, you're, you can't retreat. So for me, I had that mentality of like, okay, no matter what, I got to make this into a, a career. I don't want this to be a, a one hit wonder, you know, one year, two year thing. So that, that was first. Second thing was I put in these short term deals in place, like year long contracts with these companies that would pay me a salary. So that kept me afloat for a year. Right. Mm. But there, I never found my own, my own way of making my own business thrive outside of that. It was just like, okay, you're my employer, you're paying me a salary. And so like, I just kind of floated by doing what they needed me to do, speaking engagements, um, be, become the, the face of certain products or the spokesperson. And I went to, you know, year through about three years of that one company at the end of the year, the contract was like, Oh, it's not going to work out. Okay. Let me go find someone else. And I did that for about three years in a row. And it wasn't until the last company where I put all my eggs in one basket where we negotiated a large deal, a, a two-year contract with like, you know, the largest salary I would ever be paid to do. And um, after two months, they stopped paying me. And I was exclusive. So I couldn't go out and get deals anywhere else. And after those two months with no pay, I still worked for them because they would tell me, oh, we're just going through some issues. Like, we'll pay you. Like, just you know, talk to this person, talk to that person, like, just be patient. So I was like, I'm a hard worker and I'm a loyal guy. Like I trust people. I'm like, okay, yeah, they'll, they'll get around to it. Six months later with no pay, I was struggling. Like, you know, I was trying to, so basically what I would do is I would, you know, try and find clients cause I, I stopped training clients one-on-one. -on -one. So my, my fallback was just, Hey, you know, just reach out, do an email blast and get clients to pay me coaching fee just to get by, you know, just to do something. And, um, so I was able to do that. Um, it just do whatever it took to get it to the next level. But after that moment of getting burned by this last company, I said, no more. I said, I'm going to take control of my own business from here on out. I'm not looking for any other spokesperson roles or any other companies doing that for me. I'm just going to come up with my own plan to, to build my own business. And then that's where I met, um, um, this, this marketing company out of Florida and they had a, a, a very successful track record with ClickFunnels. And I said, let's do this. So basically, um, 
uh, we started out really slow at first and then I, it was, became very promising and now it's totally changed my life. So I've made more money in the past six months than I have in the past six years combined. And I'm, it just took me finally stepping out of my comfort zone to say, I'm going to take control of my own business. That's all it took. Yeah, man. So sorry, that was a long story, but that's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> we should have said that sentence to ourselves six months, six years ago. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, if I would have had the knowledge now back then, man, it would have been so different, but it's all good. It was all, you know, stepping stone. Dude, and what a learning experience. Yeah, for sure. Like you, you've been in national TV, book deals, contracts yeah. with big names. And yeah. by just doing you, You've made more money in six months than in six years combined. Yeah. That's like a quantum leap. That's what that is. It is crazy, man. And it's the best decision I've ever made, but it, 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 it takes that, that leap, you know, that leap of faith, if you will, to really say, okay, I'm going to take control of this instead of relying on other people. And so um, my, my situation, you know, it might be applicable to some people, but my journey has been, is a little bit different than the traditional entrepreneur path, but maybe it's applicable to some people out there and can definitely help them make that leap of faith. Well, I think, I think though, I think the waves are a big factor because dude, we, I step out that door and there's a wave going to hit me, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you just got to like, you, and the way I look at it is, you know, two things is. I'm thankful that I'm alive every single day and do you can't get anything better than that. Uh, so I'm grateful that I'm waking up and cause I probably wouldn't know otherwise. And so, and then secondly is, you know, there's, there's somebody out there more higher power than us that's doing something and they got a, they got a mission and it's just trying to figure out what that mission is some days, you know? And so, and that's what's cool. And, and, and that's what gets me through those waves or those brick walls or those tsunamis that, that you get hit with. And it all kind of, I love the analogy of the burn in the boat. I haven't heard that one in a long time where it's like, oh, this is it. Like there went the, there went the boat. Like, okay, <laughs> real. Like, this is serious. There's no B plan. It's only a, and, yeah. I, and I love that. So what, so what are you doing now then? Like what is, what's made you so much money? Yeah. So honestly it's uh, part of its diversification. So instead of putting all my eggs in one basket, I have different streams of revenue coming in. So my online mm. business, click funnels and stuff like that is my main go-to thing. But the cool thing about that is it's passive income so that it frees up my time to do public speaking. So I do one to two you know, speaking engagements per month where people pay me to come speak at seminars, expos, uh, corporations or universities will hire me. So that's kind of, uh, and that's actually something I'm really passionate about because I get to meet people one-on-one. Everything on social media is hard because it's, yeah, you don't get to meet those people that face-to-face interaction is missing. Mm-hmm. But uh, podcasting is another way. So similar to what, what you do here, podcasting, yeah. another uh, platform that I use. Um, and then, uh, do you got, else? do you get a lot of business from your podcast? I do. Uh, the connections are amazing. Everybody, like almost everybody, no one says no to a podcast, even big names. So it's crazy. Yeah. Some, some big names have to wait, you know, six months to, to get booked, but almost, it, it, almost nobody says no to a podcast. And so the connections cool. that I make, the exposure, are great because I, I can, I've made so many connections with the past two years. I have had my podcast for two years. It, the connections are definitely worth it. And so the sponsorships for the podcast as well come in. And then, um, you know, I, I still promote my book. So online sales of my book or, you know, people can purchase it uh, from, you know, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. I still have that, um, which, you know, and the New York Times bestselling uh, um, uh, logo on there helps out because it just gives it credibility. 
And yeah. then, yeah, so it's diversification and uh, always creating new content and uh, staying up with the latest trends, you know, because Facebook, is, you can't crack the algorithm, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny. So what, like, uh, so how big's your team? How big of people, do you have a lot of people or is it all outsourced or? Yeah, no, I've had a higher on my team personally, uh, just working for me is about five people right now. And then okay. my marketing team is probably around 10 people. So it's, and that's the people in Florida. Yeah. There's people in Florida and that's there's cool. some, there's some Boise as well. Oh, cool. I, yeah. So it's kind of two different locations, but I fly out to Orlando, work close to close, more closely with that team out there. And cool. um, yeah, we're looking to expand even more because this it's, it's, you know, gone past expectations. So the, the thing here is to keep it relevant, right? So the traditional media, I still try and stay relevant. Like I went on Dr. Oz last summer talking about the keto diet. Um, <laughs> I try to stay relevant in the traditional media, but then also I think I get more exposure from Facebook to be honest with you. People recognize me like, Hey, I just purchased your program this morning, you know, or like, oh, cool. you know, I just saw your Jay Leno clip, you know, that happens all the time. That's cool. So, so what, like I, I was thinking, I was like, man, okay. If I like induced a ton of weight, which I'm trying not to do. Right. But yeah. if I did, and I would make a video series about it, <clears throat> what I always get caught up on caught up in is after the fact, I'm like, Oh, I should have recorded a video like this. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? Like you, you had all that weight on you try, you're probably trying to think of all the scenarios that could happen. And then you lose all the weight again. You're like, I should have said this at that point. Why didn't I do that? 100% looking back, hindsight's always 2020. But if I could go back and change one thing, it would be recording so much more footage, like almost like a documentary style. But at the time I'm like, oh, I don't want to record this much stuff. Cause you know, people are gonna get bored of it. I'm like, man, I should have recorded the whole thing. Like all my like, diary cams, like when I'm suffering on the couch, I only did two videos a week. One was a weigh-in video and one was a food challenge video. And those were entertaining and good, but I, people, I think I would, if I would have had more footage, it would have been uh, so much better to like turn into almost a documentary. You know? Yeah. Right. Like a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Limit sweet. Well, you know what? No one says you can't gain weight again. That's true, but I'm, I don't know if I'm that crazy. It was so hard, man. It was way harder than I ever imagined. It was one of the most humbling experiences uh, that I've ever done. Oh, and then the other thing, how do I forget about this, is my TV show. So instead of me doing it, oh. I have a TV show on A&E. So season one is, is on demand. You can find it online. It's called Fit, T-O, Fat, T-O, Fit. And on the show, instead of me getting fat, I coach other trainers through this process. So that way I don't have to keep doing this, right? So other trainers from across the country, I make them get fat for four months. And then after they get fat for four months, then they team up with a client that's overweight. And together as a team, and now as a fat trainer, they have to lose the weight together. And so it's really interesting to see these trainers go through the same thing I went through. But at the end of the day, they learn more empathy, respect, and a better understanding for their clients. And um, it, it, people love it because it's, it's not a typical weight loss show. You see these trainers finally respect their clients and kind of, you know, jump off or get off their, um, their, their high horse of being kind of egotistical and a know-it-all and they come down to their client's level and, and people love that. People love seeing these trainers suffer, if you will, uh, to have a better understanding. And so season two comes out in January of 2018. That's cool. And, um, instead of it on A&E, it's going to be on Lifetime, so it, which is owned by A&E. So season two is coming out. We're hoping for a season three. So um, definitely check that out in January. So are you, are you in the back? I I've heard of that show, which is ironic. Again, you just keep laying these bombs on me. And then, yeah. uh, so with that show, uh, do you get to do like, are you in the background or do they get to see, are you, are you actually on TV? 
Yeah, so I'm not the host of the show. So I'm in the introduction, and then I'm I am season two. I'll have more you know airtime where I'm actually more involved with the process. Season one, I'm in the, uh, the the sixty to ninety second introduction. Here's Drew Manning. Here's what he did. This is why these other trainers do it. And then they see me on a couple Skype calls throughout the season. Oh, that's uh, cool. Of of like coaching the trainers because a lot of them went through some emotional issues where you know they're like they want to quit the show because they don't like gaining the weight and they want their body back. So I got to talk them off the ledge. Season two, I'll be there for the beginning weigh-in um, and then the middle weigh-in at their fattest and then at the very end, the reveal for everybody. Um, so season two is uh, – but it's not it's not a hosted show. It's not like um, Biggest Loser where there's a host of the show. It's yeah. just a format. It's more of a docuseries type of format. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool though. It's, yeah, man, that's that's awesome. And so do you ever like – are you ever like from the corner of the screen like DrewManyFitToFit.com or like, you know, Fit to <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever say that? I would like, no, but they let me like sometimes wear my own gear, you know, like fit fit.com or, you know, like a tank top or, you know, a t-shirt or whatever. But, oh man, but people make that association really quick. They Google fit to fit fit. They'll see my name pop up, you know, whether it's A and E or not. And then I'm always live tweeting during the, each episode. So people kind of know that. I'm oh, that's cool. You get the logins. All right. So here's what, here's what I want to do is I want to switch over to behind the scenes because that's when it gets real good. And that is going to be at Mr. On it dot com forward slash vip before we switch over there man tell these guys how to find you uh besides you know googling jay leno and drew how can they how can they uh find you and and uh look as fit as you do i make it <laughs> i don't know about that but uh let's i'll make it very simple for people it's fit number two fat number two fit and that's my book my website all my social media handles my youtube channel everything just fit number two fat number two fit and you'll be able to find all my programs, my keto program, my intermittent fasting program, all my like, you know, uh, weight gaining journey, all of that stuff you can find. So if you want to go on the weight gaining journey, I got, you got a book for that too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Heavy, so you get to eat Fruit Loops and Cocoa Puffs and <laughs> cereal every night and Pop-Tarts. I'm like, I want that diet. That's amazing. Well, dude, all right, we're going to switch behind the scenes. Thanks guys for watching. Make sure you check out mrhonit.com forward slash VIP. Check out Drew, follow that man. He is doing amazing things, creating book. I mean, whew, shoot, he's doing a lot. You're doing a lot, man. All right, let's switch over and, uh, and rock and roll.